before I even go into the title of my message, I just want to let you know so you could be prepared. God is here this morning. Hey, City Church, God is here this morning. And listen, that may sound cliche, but I want to let you know that at, at the end of service, at, at the first service here, somebody came up to us and gave us drug paraphernalia and said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Come on. Come on. Is our God good? Our God is amazing. I'm telling you, he's here in this building, and people are taking their next step. And I'm so excited because I know that in this room, God is asking you a question that we're going to get to in this sermon, that are you ready to tackle this new year, or are you going to stay in your comfort zone, and 2016 is going to look like 2017? But I know that's not anybody in this room. Amen? Amen. Listen, I want to talk to you this morning about a man who was sick for 38 years. And he, the, the Bible puts it in the English, in English Standard Version as he was an invalid. And that just means that he was unable to really care for himself. He was unable to do anything for himself. This individual found himself every year at the same place at the same time. This place was called the Sheep Gate. Some of you may know uh, where I'm going with, with this story. But this sheep gate uh, had people that were outside sitting, waiting to go to this place called the Pool of Bethesda. And this Pool of Bethesda was very intriguing because it was said in verse 4 of some of your texts that an angel would come down at a certain time and would stir the waters. And when the waters were stirred, anybody that was sick or had an ailment, if they were the first person in the water, then they would be healed immediately. So people were outside waiting for their opportunity to be healed. The title of my message this morning is The Source. Look at your neighbor and say, The Source. And before we get into our text, it's really important that we have a clear understanding on what Bethesda actually means. Bethesda in the Hebrew and Aramaic, it means house of mercy or house of grace. But it also has a dualistic meaning, which means house of disgrace and house of shame. It's kind of like our, our word bark in the English. It could be a dog barking or it could be something off a tree. Similar, Bethesda had two meanings to it. It was house of mercy or it was house of shame and just just hang on to your seats. We're going to get there. We're going to talk about why that's so important in a moment. So if you turn into your Bibles here to John chapter 5 and verse 3. This is so exciting. John chapter 5 verse 3. And a crowd of people who were sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed sat there. Now, some of us have maybe heard this story time and time again, but I'm hoping that it'll lend itself to a different perspective here this morning. So you've got the blind, the sick, the lame, the paralyzed that are outside of this gate waiting to get to this particular pool. Now, here's why Bethesda, the name is so important, is because there were two types of people that were sitting at this gate. There was the type of person that considered Bethesda a house of mercy, but then there was the other type of person that considered Bethesda a house of shame. And here's why. Because the person that considered it a house of shame went there all the time, each and every year, to be around the same people that had the same affliction as them, 
who had the same sickness and disease, they would go there because it was their comfort zone. Have you ever met somebody who was comfortable being miserable? These were these people, that they were with each other because they were doing things at the same time, the same place, they were sharing sickness, and they said, you know what, I don't see any hope, any future, so I know I can go to this place and be in my comfort zone, and I won't be judged. But then you had the other perspective, the people there that were waiting to be introduced to the pool of Bethesda, that they needed someone to take them there so they can be healed, because in their mind, they were sick and tired of being sick and tired, and they wanted hope, and they wanted mercy, and they wanted God to do something, or that pool to do something to change their affliction. Isn't it crazy how people can be in the same stage of life and have two very different perspectives? Hey, I challenge you here this morning that in 2017, can we have a perspective of victory and not defeat? Can we have a perspective that this is going to be the best year ever and it's not going to be consistent with what 2016 looked like? Amen? Listen, in verse 6, and when Jesus saw him, my God, you know, this is why I love scripture. That's why I love scripture, because Jesus isn't mentioned at all. They're telling the story of this man in Bethesda, and then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. My God, I'm so thankful that Jesus just shows up when you need him the most. I'm so thankful that Jesus is here right now in, in this church on New Year's Day. I'm so excited, because Jesus, it goes on to say that Jesus saw him lying there in verse 6, knowing that he had already been there a long time. And he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, we got to pause here just for a moment because this is absolutely exciting and it's pivotal to this story. First thing, Jesus knew that this man had been at this place and stage in his life for 38 years. He knew how long he had been there. And can I just tell you, just for a brief moment, Jesus knows exactly where you are, how long you've been there, and how much you're going through and the situations that have been surrounding you. It hasn't shocked him. It hasn't taken him by surprise. He's not bewildered. He's not scared. He's not nervous. He is more than a conqueror. You know what? He knows the beginning and the end. Why? Because he is the beginning and the end. He knows exactly where you are right now. And I got to tell you, this is such a great place to be. And I'm going to keep re reiterating this because this is so amazing that on Sunday falls New Year's Eve. Not only do we start our week on Sunday, but we're starting our year on Sunday. Such an amazing time. So check this out. This is great. I love this. Jesus did not ask him. He didn't ask him how he got that way. Do you notice that? It may seem trivial to some, but when Jesus asks or says anything, we got to just look at it a little deeper and just open it up a little more. He didn't ask him how he got that way. He simply asked him, do you want to be healed? Now, here's the importance of it. Here's the importance is that Jesus was not asking him if he wanted his situation or circumstance to change, Jesus was asking him, do you want to change? Oh, you didn't get that. 
See, Jesus didn't ask him how long he had been that way. He didn't ask him how he got that way. Just like here right now, Jesus is not asking you what happened in 2016. He's not reminding you of what happened in 2016 and your failures and maybe your faults. He's not looking at the past, but he's looking towards your future because he could care less what happened in your past. He's worried about the now and what's going to happen in your future. I'm so thankful that my God doesn't bring to my remembrance things that have happened in my past. But he says, you know what? I've got a plan and a future in store for you that's bigger than you can ever dream or imagine. I'm so excited that that promise is for you as well as it is for me. Are you glad that he doesn't bring back your mistakes? Are you so glad that your sin is as far as the east is from the west? And then he asked this question. Do you want to be healed? Now, it seems common sense to us, right? It's common sense. Absolutely. (laughs) Of course. I want to be healed. I've been sick for 38 years. Why wouldn't I want to be healed? But you have to remember, Bethesda had two meanings. So essentially, Jesus is also saying, are you in your comfort zone or are you ready to move and change? Because this man may have just been there because he was comfortable with the norm. He was comfortable with the people that were around him. He was comfortable with just sharing his burdens with people. So he said, I'm just going to continue to do the same thing each and every year and all year long because I'm comfortable with my surroundings. And see, so Jesus didn't want to change his situation. Jesus wanted to change who he was. He wanted to work in him and not just around him. See, here this morning, I I, I challenge you, as you go into 2017, let's not just say, God, change my situation, but God, change who I am. God, work in me and not just around me. Because I'm telling you right now, if God changes your environment but not your character, nothing really changes. But when God changes your character, it doesn't matter what environment you're in. Nothing will be able to shake you. Nothing will be able to tilt you because your foundation and your character is rooted in God. And he is unmovable. He is unshakable. And because he is, so are we. My God, I think sometimes we want God to change our situation, but we don't want to change ourselves. Hey, I won't, I'll be the first one to say, God changed my situation. How I've prayed in the past, God changed my situation and my circumstance. But I'm telling you, especially that we're getting into this fast, I dare you to believe God do something in me and through me and not just around me. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of environments changing. I want to go to my next step with God. I want to take it to the next level because I know that you and I have been chosen for such a time as this. We have been called to impact our community and our world. And guess what? If we take this time serious and believe God for the impossible, he will deliver the promise that he has given you. My God. Let's go to verse 7. Verse 7. The sick man answered him. Sir, I don't have anyone who can put me in the water when it is stirred up. When I'm trying to get in, someone else has gotten in ahead of me. He answers Jesus with an excuse. Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And he's like, I got nobody to take me to the pool. 
Jesus wasn't asking him, hey, do you need a crutch? Do you need a shoulder to lean on? How are you going to be able to get to the pool? I can't figure it out. I'm alpha and omega, but I'm stumped right now. Oh, how are you going to get there? Jesus isn't asking him the process how to get there. Jesus is saying, do you want to be healed right now? And the first thing that comes out of this man's mouth is, I can't get to the pool. Jesus is asking you, do you want a breakthrough in your finances? And you're saying, but I don't work enough to give to the church. I can't give my tithe. And Jesus is answering, do you want to be healed? And you come up with excuses of why you can't be healed, of why you can't have your breakthrough. Well, God, if you only knew what I did in 2016, you know 2017, I can't do anything. This is just going to be a revolving door. I'm so glad that Jesus never listened to my excuses. I'm so glad that when I started saying I'm unqualified and I'm unworthy, God said, you are more than a conqueror. I have qualified you through through my son, Jesus. I'm so thankful that in this room right now, Right now, whatever you have thought in your past in 2016 doesn't compare to the glory that you're going to have in Christ Jesus in 2017. Can someone say amen? amen? He's not asking him, but immediately he gives a response. Essentially, this man is waiting on a resource to help him get to the pool. He's waiting on a resource. And can I tell you what? As this man's waiting on a resource, the source is standing right in front of him. My God. Said, no one can bring me to the pool. And Jesus said, don't worry about it because I'm not about to take you to the pool anyway. Because what you need is found in me. As I was putting this message together, I titled it The Source for a Reason. And as I titled it, I began to look back and I was blown away by this. So check this out. Source in the dictionary and in its origin both. It says the beginning or place of origin of a stream or river. So this man wanted to be dipped in water and the living water was standing right in front of him. The well that never runs dry is standing in front of him. And this man has no clue who the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is. And he's saying, if you want to drink from a well that never runs dry, answer my question. Do you want to get well? Oh, my God. Can we go a little deeper? Is that okay? Whenever you read or see water in the Bible, whenever you come across it, it always is connected to a new beginning, always. Take Noah and the flood, for instance. When Jesus, when God flooded the world, it represented a new beginning for humanity. When Jesus died on the cross, remember the the soldier stuck the spear in his side and blood and water came out of his side. The blood represented the cleansing of sins, but the water represented a new beginning in Christ Jesus. One more step. Is that okay? When you get baptized in water, it represents a new beginning in Christ Jesus. It has nothing to do with that we want to see you get wet at all. It has everything to do with you taking a stand and saying my life begins fresh and new right now. And I believe that's how God wants us to start our 2017 this year is with a new beginning and trusting in him. Amen? Amen. Oh, man. Let's, let's continue. 
verse 8. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. See, the powerful thing isn't that Jesus said, get up and walk. The powerful thing is that Jesus didn't acknowledge any of his excuses. Oh, see, you missed that. Jesus didn't say, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry that you've been here, that no one's taken you to the pool. I'm endito. They don't have to translate that one in the back, that's for sure. I, me, me, pobrecito, mira, me, me. No, he didn't say any of that. He didn't acknowledge his excuses. He didn't acknowledge his faults and where he went short in life. He said, get up, take your mat and walk. The same command that he had for that man is the same command that he's given you and I here today is get up and walk. There is no more excuses. There is no more dwelling on the past. It is we're getting up and we are moving forward. I'm telling you, God wants to do something in your life here this morning. He wants to change your perspective here right now. It's no longer going to be a year that you do the same thing over and over. It's going to be a year that the ceiling is just going to bust open, that God's going to pour his blessings because I know that I know that I know that City Church is a church that believes for the impossible, that we are going to believe for the greatness, not only for this church, but for your family, for your life, for the people that are around you. And I dare you to believe that when you believe for the impossible, God is going to show himself righteous and true in your life like never before. I'm telling you, if you would but just try him, just try him. I'm so thankful that our God in the word has actually said, yo, try me, bro. He said, try me. And I guarantee you, when you try him, he won't fail you. He won't fail you. Listen, this individual put his hope and his resources in other people. Essentially, people became his resources. But I'm here to tell you, resources will let you down. Resources will fail you. Resources will give up on you. But the source will never leave you and never forsake you. The source will never abandon you. The source will give you strength, will give you power, will give you hope because your source is in God and not in resources. If you don't get anything else I say here this morning, I need you to get this. Put your hope in the source and not in resources. Put your hope in the source and not in resources because... Jesus is the source of your strength. He is the source of what you need this year. Verse 9. Immediately, the man was well. Immediately. And he picked up his mat and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. Check this out. Verse 10. The Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath, you aren't allowed to carry your mat. Hey, don't steal my message, Brother Larry. What a bunch of haters. 
this man has just been healed after being an invalid for 38 years. And all of a sudden, these high religious fancy people come around and go, hmm, you're carrying your mat. Hey, I don't care how you walk into this building. God accepts you, who, who you are, the way you are. And I'll tell you right now, as God heals you and as God delivers you, as you walk out the door, you're going to have somebody that's going to hate on you. You're going to have the enemy that comes in to try to bring you down. Because wherever there's advancement, there's always an attack. Whenever you put one step forward, the enemy's there to trip you up. Why? Because he's upset. And you want the enemy upset. If the enemy pays attention to you, that means you're doing something right. That means you're disrupting some king from hell kingdom business and he's upset and wants to bring you back down. It's when everything is peachy keen and you're not living the way you should be living that the enemy is like, got him in my back pocket. You ever notice that? God, I seek you with all my heart. Bam, your car breaks down. Bam, something happens. There's fraud on your account. Bam, something happens. You get something happens. It's because guess what? You've decided I'm going to put God first in my life. And in seeking him first, I know that everything else is going to take care of itself. I know that I don't have to worry about my environment because God has got my environment in his back pocket. My goodness gracious. Listen, in closing, what is your perspective this year? What is your perspective? Is your perspective this year in 2017 that it's going to look identical to 2016? See, 2016 was just yesterday. It was just yesterday. So the steps that you take today, are they going to replicate yesterday or are they going to replicate right now and tomorrow and the next day and say, you know what? I may have fallen. I may have tripped up. I may have made some mistakes. But in 2017, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. In 2017, I'm going to start this new year off right. And can I encourage you, don't wait till March. Do it right now. Matthew 6, says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You know what that essentially means? And I didn't get this until, until a little bit ago, but as I was reading this verse, it became my life verse when I first moved here to Sanford. But I was praying for my situation to change, but I wasn't praying for me to change. I was seeking God for something that I wanted or needed, but I wasn't seeking God that I would change. And this verse is very specific, that if you seek him first, not your job, not your finances, not your relationship with people, seek him first in your relationship with him and all the other things will be done. It'll work itself out. So I encourage you here this morning, seek God for him to change in you and through you and not just around you. What would it look like? What would it look like 
if we had a mindset like this, if everybody in this room said 2017, we're going to hit the ground running. In 2016, we're going to start this fast tomorrow, and we're going to believe God for the impossible that we're going to get so close to God that we're going to see his face and that he's going to touch us and work in us and through us. And as he does so, it's just going to catch people on fire and it's going to minister to the people around you. You want to know how you win your family and friends to Christ? Seek him first. Stop arguing with family and friends, apologetics and theology, and they're a Baptist church and a Methodist church. Stop arguing those doxologies and theologies and and all that stuff. Let's come together and say, God, if it's your will, God, my my family, my friends are atheists. They're far from you, but I'm going to seek you. And as I seek you, I know that they're going to draw close to you because of the example that I have and the light that I'm going to be in my family's life. Come on, do you see the perspective here? Seek God and all these things will be done God first man I'm excited for 2017 because I'm excited to see everyone take that next step and say we're all in to take that next step and say the best is yet to come and to watch family and friends come to know Jesus is such a great experience to watch and see and heaven rejoices whenever that happens Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you? Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much. God, for you are King of kings and you are Lord of lords. God, I thank you for our new beginning this year. God, I just pray that, Lord, every heart and mind would have a shift in perspective right here, right now. God, I pray that if there's any individual that, Lord, is outside this sheep gate waiting for a resource, God, I pray that their their eyes would be opened right now that the source is standing right in front of them and that, God, you represent a new beginning right here, right now. Father, I just pray that, Lord, that would be so clear and that, God, we would seek you first and that, God, all these things would be done around us and for us and through us. Father, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for your worthy King of kings and Lord of lords. We ask these in Jesus' name. Amen.